Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we're looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Matthew Fox from the Star Wars Universe podcast. And I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And today we're talking about Minute 104, which begins with Sif and Frigga talking about Thor and ends with Thor telling Odin he has much to learn, that Thor, he himself, has much to learn. And joining us on the show today, as every day this week, is Will Freeland from the Hype is My Superpower podcast. And uh, Will, uh, good day in the morning. Happy Thor's Day. Uh, Thursday is Thor's Day, and so we always celebrate the uh, great man Thor on his great day by asking, what is your favorite Thor moment? And this can be from a comic book, a movie, a uh, cereal box, which, by the way, I say that often. There is a Thor cereal. You can Google it. I think it's <laughs> created as a joke, but it's out there. Thorios. Um, so, yeah, you're, what is your from any source whatsoever, a Lego movie, a Lego video game, what is your favorite Thor moment ever? Oh, dear. Favorite Thor moment? That's um, uh, God, God King Thor uh, fighting the... Uh, the uh black winter um so we have uh king thor with the all father powers also using the power cosmic and uh um teaming up kind of with galactus to fight the uh black winter which we find out is the reason why the previous universe was destroyed and this universe started was because the uh, Black Winter decided it. So um, it's kind of it's Thor going up of, up against a very primordial old being, <laughs> um, and that was that is I lost my mind reading that comic. <laughs> wow! I, I have the sense of like like I love that these comics exist. It's one more reason I'm so happy for your podcast because. Yeah, I don't think I could get through that comic. I think my mind would just explode into like all the metaphysics. Oh my and gosh. No idea. So I'm so glad you're there to love it. And it sounds like a fantastic moment that I want to see in a movie one day because that's not terribly esoteric. I'm sure you can make that relatable <laughs> characters. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, Will's thoughts on that a whole lot more right after this. Want to wear some Marvel Movie Minute inspired clothing? Well, head over to our online store. You can see what we have over there. Go to truestory.fm slash Marvel Movie Minute and click on Merch. All right, so we open this minute with, uh, again, that, that motif of women watching Thor walk away. This time it is Sif and Frigga, although very quickly we, we it is just their voices as we watch Thor walking, which I think is a very powerful thing. Uh, and Frigga asks Sif, you know, what is he, how is he doing? And, and then Sif tells him, you know, that he, she, he mourns for his brother. And then she says the thing about being in love with him. He, he misses the mortal. There's so much going on between these two characters. What, what do you get out of this scene? I thought it was Frigga telling Sif what he's doing. I, I, I thought the dialogue was, was, the opposite but either way it doesn't really change too much i my as soon as they refer to jane as the mortal it it sends my mind spiraling into this whole like are as guardians as immortal even though literally in this movie we have 
Odin, the, the lie that Odin is dead. And so arguably they're not immortal, but they just live a really long time. And then I think to like Ragnarok and, and Odin does die, but because he's been cut off from his magic, I guess, I don't know. It, uh, I would have preferred that they called her the Midgardian or the human. Right. And not the mortal, because there's... It, it has connotations, yeah. It implies a different... Yeah. In the earlier comics, I know that when Odin discovered that Thor was interested in Jane, like, he was so put off that he would show any interest in a mortal, a mere mortal. And so, I the way that they say it, I'm like, are, are they dismissing her? And Is there some shock yeah. and surprise that, like, he misses her? A mortal! You know, I mean, they don't right. quite say it like that. I'm overemphasizing <laughs> it, but still, it just it feels like God. They're they they, they feel so dismissive, and I, I find that to be an interesting way to kind of have the scene play out in this moment. See, I guess this scene to me is also another big part of why I think of the Sif carrying the torch dynamic, because to me, just to confirm, because I, I I heard it differently, and you don't see their faces. It is Sif who's giving that speech of. Not the speech, but it's Sif who says, the, describes her as the mortal. That, yeah. Uh, my bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And, and you don't see their face. I definitely was confused the first time. I had to go back and listen to it again to make sure. Yeah, and it's, it is in the script that way, where Frigga asks uh, Sif, how, how is, is he? he? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And, and to, to me, I think there's a couple of things going on. First of all, it is, is, again, Frigga confirming that the emotional intelligence of Sif, that, that Sif is the one to ask about how he's doing. But I, I guess... I don't take it quite as dismissive. I, I think there is some level of that. But to me, there's so much pain in Sif's voice as she says this. And to me, it it, it feels like she's not saying like, oh, God, the mortal. Wow, terrible. But it's more – there is some element of like, I can't understand how he could love a mortal. And what I think what is unspoken there is, you know, instead of me to some extent or at least instead of an Asgardian. And and here's where I'm going to go off on just a complete, like, headcanon, perhaps, but especially knowing everything I know from the mythology and also just what we know about the world of Asgard in general, I feel like what is being slightly implied here, and maybe we'll get more of it in the fourth movie or maybe Branagh thought we'd have more of it in the second if that happened, I get the sense that maybe kind of like in the way that, you know, you things are often planned out for princes and and, and the like – that there was a sense of like Sif was going like Thor and Sif were supposed to be together. Not even that, like that they felt it, but like kind of like a betrothal almost of, you know, kind of like Sif is the woman who's of his class and of his, you know, part of this mighty warrior Asgardian culture. And then maybe even Sif had bought into that somewhat. And so that that's, I guess, what I get more out of the mortal is that it's like this is so far from what Thor was supposed to be doing. If you if you take this and transpose it to a story in old England, it's like saying, you know, he misses her, the commoner or something. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's like that sort of thing. It's like that, you know, the peasant It's like, it, I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm playing it up to be a little more dismissive than you're implying. But still, it's it's like it's uh, it's he, he misses somebody who's just not of our uh, of us. And it just I, I, I think that there is. If anything, I, there's an element of perhaps some confusion there. Like it's it's odd that yeah. that this is the direction that that uh, you know our next king has decided to go. It's it's a peculiar uh, step for him. Definitely, definitely. 
just from a movie making kind of standpoint, and, and Andy, especially, I'm curious. What What do you think is why did they choose to have these very emotional lines that I think are so so fundamental to both Frigga and Sif, but us not see them? They're being said as Thor's walking out to to meet Odin. What What's What's the choice there? Well, I mean, I, I think there's an element of, you know, if we show their face, we're seeing them have this conversation about Thor, but by showing Thor in this moment, um, you know, he's kind of in shadows, he's distant from the camera as he walks through this massive hall at, toward his father, where he'll he'll kind of get to at the end of this uh, moment here. But it, it, it keeps him isolated. And so they're talking about Thor and we're seeing Thor and by putting him in such an isolated space where it is just kind of this dark shell of him walking it. I don't know. I find that it further emphasizes kind of the point of what they're saying here. It, it, I mean, we just saw him leave. We saw how he looks so sad and, and distraught and it just, it, it emphasizes and, and amplifies everything that they're saying by kind of uh, laying their audio over, over what uh, we're seeing. I mean, to me, part of what I think it conveys is just how different Thor is now, you know, and, Odin saw the problems with Thor, and I think to some extent so did um, Sif, although Frigga just seems like is always the loving, doting mother. But but Sif and Frigga quite liked the old Thor. And I think, yeah, there's that sense of just like we're not – Thor's come back changed and we don't really know who he is anymore. Yeah. Just the simple fact that Frigga feels like she can't ask her own son, how are you doing? She has to ask Sif instead. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, a less of that bonding – between mother and son in this film than there is father and son in this film. You know, the, the, it, 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 and you know, I, I suppose that perhaps is a little more the, the way that this film was structured is like, this is about fathers and sons. And so that's going to be our emotional focus. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I would have liked to think that Frigga could have asked him, but for the, the drive the story is taking us on, I definitely think that, it makes more sense for her to kind of have that distance um, so that we can have this moment here that we're about to have with uh, Thor and Odin instead. Right. And uh, that's uh, just a last note on, on Frigga and Sif, but this is our picture wrap on Rene Russo and Jamie Alexander for the film. So um, uh, they'll be back, but it's, uh, you know, it, it was nice seeing them in this one. Especially because, Jamie Alexander has always had a special place in my heart with as the Sif character, and I, but I do think this is part the actress is willing to do it. She was the first MCU movie actor who was willing to then, uh, who or either was willing or was written into a Marvel TV show mm-hmm. because she shows up in. Um, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, yeah. Where I think I think it's kind of after the second Thor movie, where like the Agents of Shield are called in to kind of clean up on Midgard and, and she was a part of it. So to me, there's always like as someone who loves the Netflix MCU so much and some of the other TV shows and is always kind of sad that the movie folks won't kind of, you know, deign to, to step down and be on TV. Although that's obviously changing with Disney plus. Now I, I always have a love of Jamie Alexander for doing that. So absolutely. So let's talk about Thor and Odin. Um, there's a lot that happens in the scene. Um, there's one line that I'm not thrilled about. Uh, audience, you get three guesses and the first two don't count. Uh, I think I've made <laughs> my feelings pretty known. But even before we get to that, what? so he, he, Thor kind of comes up to Odin and we get this great shot of, like, they're not looking at each other. They're both just sort of looking out over the expanse of, you know, what's out there. Um, what 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 are you picking up from this, this dynamic between the two of them? I feel like it's it's portraying a 
character journey that Thor is implied to have gone on um, that I think we only got to see parts of <laughs> uh, throughout the movie. But um, th- this is kind of one of those classic, you know, Sun finally gets a taste of the trials that a father has to go through or a king has to go through um, and the decisions that he's got to make uh, the, the, the tough decisions uh, like letting your son fall into the black abyss. But um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's the, the lines are there. The emotion is there. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that the journey was taken uh, for Thor um the whole like learning humility thing uh coming to earth and all that kind of stuff i think i think he took more of a hero's kind of journey and not like a humility journey um sacrificing himself at you know for the climactic battle and that's how you become worthy i don't know but on its face if this is the only minute that i've watched or these five minutes or the only five minutes i've watched i would have assumed a lot more happened with thor (laughs) um than what we got to see in the movie. Yeah, it's an interesting um, set of lines that we have here. And I mean, I, I feel like I can see your point a little bit. I, 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 I don't know, having watched it this way, I guess I feel like Thor did kind of go on that journey. I find there to be um, elements in here that, that kind of show that. Could there have been more? Sure. But I, I still think that the journey was taken. I, I, I think the conversation that the two of them have is funny because uh, well I, I mean odin what he is saying to thor you'll be a wise king yeah i i think that that's great and when thor says stuff like i have much to learn yes that's still true um but i can't help but think and, and matthew I, I i know exactly where you're going with there will never be a wiser king than you or a better father that thor says to odin like i i can't help but wonder if because <laughs> i mean there's a lot of issues that we have here with kind of Odin as a king and a father, but I can't help but wonder if some of the line here is because it's coming very specifically from Thor, who just, I mean, you know, we talked about, you know, Odin's storytelling with, you know, the Jotuns and everything and how we're seeing it from the victor's point of view. And we're seeing this from the the eldest son's point of view, you know, and, and seeing right. the, the, the king as uh, the wise king and the father as the great father knowing full well that not all of that is true but from thor's perspective eh. i think there's a couple of different ways to see it and i i was gonna hold off on the like you're a good father moment but we we can actually dive into that a little more i think because i do think obviously a huge undercurrent of this is is thor to some extent saying like thank you for banishing me like you know kind of that you were right to banish me i needed that Mm. and and i get all that the and, and I want to talk about that more in a minute, but just in the like you're and, and never a better father, like yeah, I think that to me especially, I think, but probably to all of us, like that line feels so off because of everything that um you know we've seen, and not even counting like the you know you know adios Loki, I don't care that you're upset moment that we have some different opinions on, but just yeah, you know, all the way back to like. One of you will be a king, but both of you could be like a lot of the, the bad father moments we've seen. I wonder if Thor saying that makes more sense if I have the feeling that Odin 
is feeling like, did I fail Loki? You know, it, am, am, it, Loki is feeling that, that Odin is feeling a sense of, am I responsible? Cause like, I mean, I, I did counseling work and I know that like one of the, one thing we, we did a lot of discussion of is, you know, if, if, if the person you're talking to has had a tragedy happen, even if they're somewhat responsible for that, like, in the moment of grief is not when you say that to them, you know, like, so I, and so I feel like if the movie had given us just a little bit to think that, that Odin was feeling guilt in this moment, then Thor saying it, like, it's an, it's a kind of empty platitude that I don't think that I would think that not even Thor believes, but it would make sense that he says it in this moment when Odin is like, oh my God, did I just get my son killed? But because we don't have any of that, uh, and I would have to just headcanon it. It, it, it just feels even worse to me because it's like, Thor, you've seen so much evidence of what a bad father Odin was. And, and maybe it's because of the whole, like, Thor wants to take personal responsibility and that saying Odin was a bad father would be saying that maybe it's not his fault that he was so screwed up. And so, I don't know. I just I just don't like it. I just probably my least favorite line in the movie. Yeah, I I guess it doesn't bug me because it is one of those things where it's like, you know, you have those moments with your family where, you know, they're i mean they everybody's imperfect right and you know you're still gonna say stuff like that you know you're a great you're a great dad you're a great mom um even if there there have been plenty of times where they have proven otherwise but it still is one of those things that you say just to kind of like make them feel better and so yeah i i guess i i end up reading it that way and i end up having less of an issue with it um, because I mean, you know, Thor also, I mean, he is a very forgiving guy. I mean, you know, he ends up having a great relationship still after this film with Loki that they kind of continue. And when you see them in Ragnarok, uh, you know, and they're having those conversations about, um, you know, how they've always kind of interacted with each other. I feel like there's something about Thor and this is something I love about the character is that he is so willing to kind of look past those faults in in those people, particularly his family, and acknowledge the 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 positive qualities in them, and you know the the good in them, and I think there's an element of you know amplifying the good in their conversations helps them kind of maybe move past some of the bad and and focus on the good themselves as they kind of continue forward. So I, I think there's an interesting element in the way that Thor uh, does that that I that I find so yeah. Because the way it was framed, I didn't have this takeaway, but thinking about, like, how that scene happens in their life, um, I imagine Odin is probably standing there mourning the loss of Loki as well. And we don't get to see that because it's focused on Thor, but, like, you know, the, the stoic father staring off into the ether... And just like lost in his own thoughts, uh, if we had maybe like a second of seeing Odin mourning or seeing like a teary eye, um, single eye, uh, Odin, <laughs> maybe the takeaway from that scene could have been a, a, a brighter takeaway. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I think because like, and this is where I kind of I'm between you two because I feel like if we'd gotten that scene that you're talking about, Will, and maybe even just a little of like, I mean, Odin saying was this my fault? I think would be way too cheesy and over the and lampshading. But if we'd gotten any of that, then Andy, the take you're taking, I think would be perfectly understandable. I just I, I'm missing that, and 
you know, and it, it may be that I I think that Odin's a much worse father than the scriptwriters do. Uh, which is always <laughs> kind of an interesting dynamic there. Well, and so let's shift to the other dynamic that I think is definitely happening here, which is because we're talking now about Thor being a wise king, and 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 Thor saying like you were so wise. He may be trying to make his father feel better, but I feel like that the, the subtext here is completely about what Odin did to Thor and that this is Thor saying, like, you were a wise king to pre- to better prepare your heir and you were a good father to give your son the kick in the butt he needed to go through some growth. Am I, am I wrong there? Or is that what you also take out of uh, part of what the, the dynamic between these two right here? Well, I, I think the the element about wisdom is that you know it takes it takes time and and experience, and I think when when Odin says to his son, "You'll be a wise king," it's because Thor, you know, there has been this sign of growth. He's he's gone through a hard time, and he's he's you know humble about it and is and learning from his his um, experiences and his mistakes, and so. I think there's something interesting there. And I also think it's interesting when Thor kind of starts talking to him about, you know, um, there'll never be a wiser king than you, how how Odin kind of, I mean, he he stops just looking off in the distance and kind of looks down almost like, I don't know, I, I guess I read it as thinking about all of the things that he has done. And again, it's headcanoning. I'm, I'm looking way beyond the context of this film into thinking about all the stuff that he had done with Hela and all of the mistakes that he has made in his past and with family just decisions and ruler decisions and thinking about all of the choices that he's made as a king. And, and I don't know, I, I, part of me is like, you know, when Thor says there will never be a king as uh, wise as you. Part of me is like Odin feeling like, you know, you don't you don't even know the half of it. I'm nowhere near what I could have been. And it's one of those moments where it's like you don't say that because you want you. you I don't know. I guess I, I read it as like Odin wanting Thor to believe that he could be wiser than Odin and and think that he could actually be better because I, I think Odin. I don't know. I, I find the way that he lowers his head in that moment kind of a, a little bit of an acknowledgement like. I, I'm not as wise as you think I am. Yeah. So you don't think there's any, like, you don't think that Thor is referring to, like, the decision that Odin made to banish him here? That that's not a kind of subtext of this conversation? I, I mean, I, I, I suppose, like, that's one of the elements that there is, like, you know, you, mm-hmm. the, the fact that you banished me, that was a wise decision. And it was a hard decision. And it was an emotional decision. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I I think there is an element of that in all of kind of everything that he's saying here. So um, acknowledging that it was the right decision. I think that's I think that's what Thor is saying in that, you know, uh, you made the right decision. It was hard for me, but I did learn. And and so we kind of end with uh, Thor saying, you know, I have much to learn. I know that. And and there you definitely do get the sense that Odin is listening. You know, that Odin, they're really kind of like tied into each other there. Uh, Any other kind of last thought, any thoughts on that kind of the last little bit of the moment we get there? I think I think we make this minute deeper by our head cannon than yeah. uh, the, <laughs> than the than the product that we got but it's it's not a bad minute. <laughs> it, it's funny Will I, I was really kind of struck by your comment because I I feel like certainly over the last like 6 months of analyzing this movie I have the sense that Thor has gone on this like epic Shakespearean incredible journey. Mm. 
And I have to remind myself, I didn't like this movie when it first came out. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw it. And I, I, I do wonder if, and maybe this is because of the brilliantly subtle filmmaking or maybe because it's, it needed to be less subtle. I feel like I have such a stronger appreciation for this movie and I see all these things because I did this minute by minute analysis. Mm-hmm. But it also does make me wonder, like, if you have to do minute-by-minute analysis of a movie, does it count? You know, if you have to see it in that kind of a, like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. But, yeah, I, I think it's a really helpful Certainly. perspective to hear that you're you're not as sold on that as uh, Andy or I may have been. Yeah, no. for sure. It, it was funny. Sure. I mean, wa- watching watching you say that, I saw this look of, like, puzzlement on Andy's face. Yeah, and he's sure like, are you well. sure like, we're watching the same movie? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't feel the same way. It's fair. It's fair. Absolutely. No, it is. What, and that's actually kind of a, a fun way to kind of wrap up, Will, because I, I, I know you have been, you've been talking about your love of Marvel and your love of Thor. What was your first reaction? Well, for, first, what was your thought when you heard this was going to become a movie, but also what was your reaction to it? My thought when I heard it was going to be a movie, I was skeptically excited. Because, you know, at this moment in time, we've got we've got Hulk and we've got Iron Man, basically. And both science-y, just, you know, two steps beyond real science, <laughs> um, just kind of flashy, grounded Earth movies. And the idea that within this same world, we could introduce some, introduce gods and one of the many pantheons that are in Marvel, um, how is that going to happen? So I was very intrigued with the idea, and I was very interested to see how this was going to play out. When the castings were announced, and then when I watched it, I wasn't as excited about everything. Um, For those who can't see me, I am half Black, half Asian, and I'm all about representation. However, um, I was not huge on making Heimdall black and I wasn't big on making Hogan um a very strong accented Asian man. Um because I felt like when you're telling a movie on Norse mythology, this is your one excuse to whitewash your pantheon and and get away with it for lack of a better phrase. And if and you could have made Selvig or Darcy um minorities. That was my takeaway at the time. Especially with uh, I, I mentioned this yesterday two days ago um with you know making the bouncer black um because heimdall is you know he's the the guy at the door (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and so when i when i first watched this you know 11 years ago that was my takeaway and i was kind of upset about it and i wasn't i wasn't a very big fan of this movie as well but (laughs) it ages fine and like idris elba is an amazing actor and he got his time you know, after he got a bigger name, they took his helmet off and gave him more face to show. And um, it was it was fine. I'm still not a fan of Hogan, but um, honestly, with the MCU in its infinite phase at this point, I was I kind of got over it. Yeah. Um, after I watched this movie, I was like, okay, well, let's see how Captain America does. <laughs> I don't know, man. This might not be great. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, coming back later, you know, my complaints were more of just like stomping my feet, little tantrums. They weren't. I don't, I don't think they're really grounded in anything very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think it's a very fair analysis, especially about race and stuff. And like, I I remember thinking like I like that they're trying to make Asgard, you know, that it was 
the very, very white Scandinavia of 10th centuries memories of the Norse, perhaps, were that they're all the similar to Scandinavians and that actually they're different. Like, I like that concept. But also, yeah, the more I think about how Heimdall is, like, he doesn't go to the feasts. He's not part (laughs) of Asgard itself. He's off on the edges. As you said, the bouncer, there's a certain, like, eh. Right. And I, I, when you said, like, could you have cast different people? I'm now very curious to see a what if where the, 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 the scientist who trains Jane is played by Idris Elba. Um, and granted, you lose all the like, I grew up, like, maybe he still grew up with Norse mythology. And I, Idris Elba is such a talented actor. I don't, I don't imagine how he could pull off that kind of never she, like, but I, I'd love to see him try. Uh, <laughs> so that's a fun thought. All right. Well, thank you as always so much for being here. Andy, thank you so much for doing all you do to make this happen. And to our fans, you're why we do this. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye. Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. 